Welcome to Cancelled. Before you say anything, I know, I'm sorry, we missed a few weeks there, we've had some scheduling issues, and then there was a hurricane, and some shit happened, I'm fine, we're fine, Austin's fine, but we've just been busy, Uh, but we're back, and we're back with the show I said we would be back with, which is NBC's Kings, with me for the duration, Mr. Twitter himself. (laughs) <laughs> I, always, I I don't know why I always I almost was about to say give it up I, I introduce people on this podcast yeah. like we're on stage yeah like, Ryan Gar's here thank you How yeah you like you're hosting a showcase yeah yeah I don't, yeah. always I'm like make some noise <laughs> who am I talking to <laughs> Uh, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, it's good. I have not watched the show. We were talking a little bit before, but I was not aware that this existed. Perfect. Uh, so, yeah, it was cool to kind of get into it and, and um, check it out. And and like I was saying, I didn't realize... I mean, I probably knew this intellectually, but how many shows don't make it past that first year? Sure. It's I amazing. Mean, pilots. Like, yeah. when you just think about how many pilots... We don't even ever see, right. let alone the pilots right. that make it to air and then don't go anywhere and whatever. When well, you probably have friends like this, too, who write for various TV shows, sure. but they're constantly bouncing between Oh, jobs. yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, what are you doing these days? Are you at? Um, I'm at Rooster Teeth. Yeah, I'm yeah, writing yeah. for one of their shows. I'm by far the oldest person in that <laughs> office. And it's like all online, so it's a lot of like, Video like their idea of what a show is and what mine is is very right. different. Like their idea of a show is like someone yelling at an Xbox for <laughs> three hours. But you know what? They make a shitload of money. Yeah, like I don't know what the fuck we've been that doing. Twi- I got to figure out how to play video games so yeah. I can get on Twitch and just make money. Apparently, yeah, That's like I know. Thing. I feel like I'm totally missed out. It's like yeah. I got all also, the negative you, parts. Of you playing. play video games. Like, yeah, get on there and make some money. Yeah, I've just been doing it for the love of the game. This whole time. <laughs> Uh, well, let's jump into it. Uh, the year is 2009. Okay. Uh, I feel like watching this is quite clearly was like, this was going to be a prestige thing for NBC at the time. Like, this was going to be a big... Yeah, it did. Like, there's, there's money. There's clearly a lot of money behind right. it. Right. Like, they do some cheats, I feel like, in the war scenes and sure. stuff. But all that aside, yeah, there's a lot of money. Yeah, it just like the... just just it in still like looks the, good. It looks good, for sure. And also, just to sort of... Anytime you have to, like, create a world like this, right. where, like, right. oh, the, you need uniforms for the military, right. and you need right. butterfly insignias, and you need whatever the fuck it is, which right. there's a lot of butterfly insignias. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all that shit costs money, and, like, so there was faith here. Yeah. Um, not enough to make it past 13 episodes. Uh, yeah, maybe don't put that much faith into the guy who wrote Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird when you look at this guy as... Uh, so his name is Michael Green, I yeah. believe, yep. is the writer. I'm surprised by how much he has continued to be allowed to do things. I, I always wonder that, too, and I can only guess that Hollywood in general and maybe screenwriters in specific are some sort of weird fraternity that we yeah. don't know about. Like a football coach or something sure. that, like... Oh, you let all your players like rape students willingly, and then he just goes to the CFL next season. <laughs> yeah, or, like yeah, he yeah, washes yeah, yeah. up as an offensive coordinator. Well, he did have a pretty decent run. He did heroes when you look right? at it. Yeah, so he did yeah. like a bunch of heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Smallville, which I know was pretty successful. Yep. 
uh, Everwood, which I never watched but was on for a number of seasons. Yeah. Uh, he also was the executive producer of Cat Williams' It's Pimpin' Pimpin'. <laughs> I love that's out of nowhere. It goes heroes, it's pimpin' pimpin', kings. That's literally the direct the order. The, the entire comedy industry got behind Cat Williams for a solid like, like year and a, a half. Few, a like, few years. Yeah, and like, then, no, you're getting Cat Williams. Yes. Yeah. And then he, he went... They started he, slapping people at Target. Yeah, he went a little crazy. I saw him in... 2012? Yeah. 2013? Yeah. In Kansas City. Okay. There was... It was in, like, this sort of stadium that was clearly, like, an old basketball stadium, but there wasn't a team there, so I don't know who played. (laughs) Right. Um, Way overshot the venue size needed for his audience. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, it was mostly empty. Okay. I mean, there was a good number of people. Like, he could have filled, like, a much, like, a thousand-seat theater and been fine. Yeah. But he was in a fucking base basketball arena like a, that, yeah. that fit uh, probably eight to 10,000 people. Yeah. And it was not happening. And uh, he literally, like, he would be, like, occasionally funny. He had a line or two. Like, there's moments that made me laugh. Mm-hmm. But then every once in a while, he would just go, America's the greatest motherfucking country in the motherfucking world. It was the most pandery shit I've ever seen. It's very strange. I feel like he's, if he hasn't done this already, he's definitely going to come out as alt-right. Like, he's going to be the fucking MAGA comedian. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he definitely has, like, yelled at Mexicans, like, a bunch already, so. (laughs) Right. For sure. But Michael Green, so he does that. He writes Kings. Then he writes uh, Green Lantern. Yep. uh, A TV show called The, The River, which I remember being a thing briefly. And then... He got to write Logan in Alien Covenant. He wrote and Logan. Now, yeah. Oh wow. That's, and now he's that's like the, he's like a produ- producer and writer on American Gods. Like he wrote the screenplay for Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Holy like, shit! He's just oh, all okay. like the guy's doing good. Yeah. I he's guess working. Green, yeah. I guess fucking Green Lantern was just the uh, <laughs> the, the drop off there. Uh, I want to talk about the cast for a minute yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like they they were like, okay, we've got Ian McShane. <laughs> And now let's just like, and then we've got like a handful of character actors that you'll recognize. Yeah, like the the Black Reverend was uh, on Oz. Yeah, um, the uh, the guy, the general from the other side, just like Miguel Ferrer, and then like, was the homie from general. Breaking Bad, like, exactly. Yeah. And then the and then his lieutenant was from Robo. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Miguel, Miguel, Miguel Ferrer. Ferrer. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah, in, yeah. In RoboCop and a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, but then they also got like like the like the like the dollar store version of other actors. So there's like like David she- like the char- the main character David Shepard is like Bobo Matt Damon. Uh, oh yeah, he's his- like Matt Damon with a lot more moles on his neck. <laughs> <laughs> distracting. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. distracting. And then his daughter, the uh, Ian McShane's daughter is Bobo Katie Holmes. She Big looks time. so much Big like Katie time. Holmes. Yes. Uh, I want to say this right now and I will declare my love for Ian McShane forever. Yeah. He is tremendous. Yes. And then there's other people in the show. Like I, the, it took me maybe three quarters of the way through the pilot, which is a double episode. Yeah, to just decide. Yeah, the uh, the main guy, David Shepard, not a good actor. He just isn't. I don't see it. I, I 
There were moments where I was like, oh, maybe. Did you feel like the style of acting is weird in this show? There is a very like, weird, yeah. Yeah, like it's, and I can't put my and finger on it. And part of it's dialogue, yeah. because every so often there's this sort of faux Shakespearean right. lilt That's to exa- the dialogue. Yeah. It's like and, when, then, and then yeah. also sometimes it's yeah. like, what do you mean my credit card's declined? Like, there's also just weird, <laughs> yeah. straight, normal dialogue. Right. And but, then sometimes Ian McShane is going on some fucking crazy rant. Right, you can't. You can't refer to someone as the and then ask where your Uber is. <laughs> and that's, yeah, if it does feel like almost like how people act when they're doing a Shakespearean remake in modern times, right? Like that Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. kind of what. But at it felt least like. they, I feel like they almost committed more to the Shakespearean mm-hmm, thing, mm-hmm. where this has like a Deadwood kind of quality, not yeah. just because of Ian McShane, where right. like they have this sort of almost elevated dialogue, yeah. but they don't commit to it. So occasion, like, like I said, like there are these great moments where some of the dialogue is like, I find really interesting. There's yeah. a line. I want to say in the second episode where the mother is like talking about the, uh, David Shepard character yep. and says like people with destinies, things don't go well for them. They yeah. either die old and unhappy or young and unfinished. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, that's like, that's like good dialogue. Right. And then literally the next scene is the fucking prince going, what do you mean my credit card's declined? I'm trying to buy a car. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, let's try to focus real quick just okay. for a little bit on the pilot episode, okay. which is a double episode, so it was two hours. Again, another sign that they had a lot of faith in this show. Like, they don't give two-hour pilots to everything. Is that is that true? Is yeah, that, well, that makes sure. sense. For yeah. sure. Like, if they, like, it's a bit, like, when they do a two-hour pilot, it's an event. Yeah. And they, if they're going to launch, a, like, a, like, a prestige show, it's an event. Uh I wonder I what feel, night of the week this launched. You know, like, was yeah, this like a yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. Thursday like, night or Sunday night? I feel like probably you know. a Sunday night, yeah. if I'm guessing. It feels Sunday night. It feels night. like it, right? I think as a pilot, it is pretty successful. I Yeah, I um, I only sort of uh, broadly knew the, the biblical story of King David. Okay, so we should mention. Is, we should. Okay, hold yeah. on. Let's bring a little bit of context <laughs> right, into right. this show. It is somewhat of a retelling of the story of King David from right. the Bible. I should say this. I did not know the story of King David at all. No. Uh, I did not realize that that was David and Goliath until <laughs> the most heavy-handed fucking David and Goliath reference. <laughs> we'll get to it in a minute. Okay. Um, but uh, it is a... Set, it's a, set in modern times, mm-hmm. but in an alternate sort of reality. Mm-hmm. There's no fantasy, really, to it. There's some godship, but there's not, like, dragons or magic. It's no. Just like, no. But it's like an alternate world where there's these two sort of warring na- sta- nation states. Right. Um, Ian McShane is the king of one of them. The dude from Breaking Bad is, like, the general king of the other one. Yeah. Which we will find out in the next, second episode. They've been at war for some time. Um this character, David Shepard, who we meet is uh, like, we meet him right when they first, like the show opens with the sort of coronation of this, this major city. Right. Uh, that Ian McShane. Shiloh. Shiloh yeah. is the name mm-hmm. of the city. It's their like capital or whatever. Right. And, uh, to like, we flash forward a little bit. They, they're still at war. This, our David Shepard and his brother are in the war. Yep. He does this heroic act, which we'll get to a little more detail. And, uh, that act sort of sparks uh, an opportunity for peace. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that's sort of the basic setup for the show. Yeah, did the I don't know if this if you felt this way, but the fact that it was modern setting, which is fine, mm-hmm. but the whole modern setting 
but you still have a king who runs shit and is not a figurehead was a little weird to me. I hear you. What was funny to me was when it first, like, our the very first thing we see is this uh, coronation of yeah. the city of Shiloh. Yeah. And we're introduced to Ian McShane very quickly. He just sort of, he's walking in to deliver this speech. He's waiting for this reverend who's supposed to give a prayer beforehand who right. hasn't shown up. Uh, and his, one of his, like... Sort of his like head, like his like uh, chief of staff essentially. Yeah, comes up to him and he's like, "Can I see the speech ahead of time?" And he's like, "No, I'd give it to you if I wrote one." And I was yeah. like, "This has a real Trumpian feel to it." Yeah, this has, like, for a yeah. minute, it felt like, "Oh, this is some like is this guy going to be like this inept, right. crazy person?" Right. Not the case. Like Ian McShane, while being somewhat like he's definitely has a bit of a religious fanaticism to him, he is. Very competent. He is yeah. accomplishing things. He's smart, but he is also going out to give this massive speech completely unprepared. Uh, <laughs> right. He's he he is competent, um, but yeah, there's a there, there's still kind of I don't know this kind of devil may care. Or at least that's what they're trying to give for to certain for certainly initially. Of, and I hear what you're saying about how like it's a little off putting to be in this. In a very modern world, there's just cars and tanks and guns, and it's just 100% our looks like what the world Absolutely. we live in, yeah. but then there's also a king, and I get that that's at first is a little bit, but I got over that hump pretty yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do feel like they do a fairly good job of sort of establishing the world that like this universe takes place in. Yeah, and once he... You you sort of realize he has people he has to answer to, right. or at least interests that he has to manage. Sure. That okay, he's not an all powerful uh, sort of autocratic figure. Yeah, it, it, it gets it gets more interesting. Uh, Absolutely, he is uh, Ian McShane, and I I love him also. I, I mean, think he subsists uh, entirely on a diet of scenery. That man doesn't yeah. eat food. He just chews scenery in, at all times. Yeah. He is in full late-stage Al Pacino yeah, yeah, yeah. scene-chewing, sort of heat-era Al Pacino. Just yeah, he's not quite as yelly, but no. man, he walks, he commands every scene yeah. he is in 100%. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he is... He's got the craziest eyes. Right. Like the, he, he's the only person who I've ever seen, did it in Deadwood, and I'm sure he's done it a million other times, but yeah. can command a scene with his fucking eyes. Yeah, it's amazing. Sure. They're steely in a way of like, I should be afraid of him, but I'm also kind of attracted to him. Like there's like a thing. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's a yeah, he's a very charismatic. Like I could right. see being like, oh, this guy could totally be king. You know what I mean? Like Absol- I can see Absolutely. people falling behind. Him. And he has this crazy story when he goes to the coronation of uh he saw the city in ashes before they've rebuilt right. it to be this great city and uh he asked God what to do or whatever, and uh, a, a butterflies landed on his head yeah. like a like a crown, and he right. knew that was a symbol for God that he was to lead. And everybody clearly, there is a religious undercurrent to the whole show. One obviously that is taken from the right. biblical story of King David, but also like God factors in in his decisions. Absolutely. There's a lot of like, but what's also interesting is there's a lot of like. There's at least there's a specific moment where uh, in the we'll get to it, but uh, where the reverend tells him like God has forsaken you because yeah. you've made this horrible decision, and he's like, well, that's what God said. Well, then the, the, he basically says, fuck God, I'll do well, it myself. Suck my dick, reverend. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's he's which is interesting because it's not there's no God. 
there is there is a god, and I don't and fuck him. Like I'm I'm more important than he is. Yeah, which is like a good it's a cool trait. Yeah, I I think he does what I feel like a lot of politicians do. He wears religion like a cloak sure. until it no longer suits his his means. Absolutely, and then well, fuck off. Then we're then I'm the one running shit down right. here. And I thought that was a nice a nice touch. Yeah. What's interesting in this show, I th- as far as, as the pilot as a pilot is, they get a lot of shit out there. There's a lot of stuff going on in this pilot. We yeah. learn a lot yep. about characters. Yep. yep. Uh, Ian McShane has a like. Well, first off, we find, so he has he's got his queen, his wife. He's right. a son who's this sort of like playboy. Right. He's out drinking all the time. Right. Um, uh, he's got a daughter who's like, oh, she wants to help people, and she's fucking trying to get like right. healthy. She's trying to get single payer accomplished, pretty much. She's the, she's the Lisa Simpson. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, she's literally trying to push for healthcare. Like yeah. she's just dealing with shit we're dealing with right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Um. There is. Uh, he has a brother-in-law. Well, right. we don't find out right away that it's his brother-in-law. He has this sort in of in the pilot. In the, the pilot, we find point. out. Yeah. Um, this guy who's clearly like he's not, he's a little bit more powerful than the king because he controls all the money. Right. He's like the head of this corporation who sort of uh, funded the king's rise right. to kingdom, and now he's calling shots. Right. Um. So I guess we should jump to the act now. They're at war. David Shepard, who will be our sort of main hero, right? right. Um, He's the 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 young biblical King David, as yes, a, as a as a young man. Yeah, uh, he's at war with his brother. Another yep. group of soldiers has been taken hostage. He, against orders, goes and runs this rescue mission. Now, the other side has these tanks, right? And he is able to. Uh, like he goes and runs his rescue mission. He rescues a couple of the soldiers that have been taken hostage. Right. One's been pretty seriously wounded. Uh, they get him back across to home, but he has to run a diversion. At which point, he's almost killed by a tank, but he throws a grenade at it that kind of goes off and blinds the tank for a minute, and he's able to get away in that yeah. time. The tank is called a Goliath. Now it's a like I get it. It's David versus Goliath. Right. It here's how uh, the reason I get it is. You couldn't like it had it. It couldn't be called like the G twelve. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't take yeah. it down one notch of yeah, slapping no. us in the face with it. Yeah, yeah. no, they're like this is just, this is network television. We're gonna make this one hundred percent. He might as well hit that tank with a slingshot. Like it was yeah, the most obvious shit. Absolutely. Um, but that leads to him becoming this sort of national symbol and the, the man that stood up to this tank and his people kind of rally behind him. We find out in that moment that the person he saved is the king's son. Right. Um, which was, uh, there's an interesting moment where, like, the king finds out somebody's been taken hostage and he says, like, I, as much as I want to, we do not negotiate for hostages, get the people's parents on the phone, tell, like, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then he finds out that it's his son. Yeah. And he's like, oh, oh shit. fucking save him right now. Send Go him save in. him. Yeah, and yeah, everyone's yeah. like, we can't. Like, you just already <laughs> said it. Uh, yeah, so I thought right. that was good. Yeah, I had some Battlestar Galactica moments from that. Sure. Or, like, uh, of, yeah, I remember there was a scene in maybe the first season, and, and the son asked uh, the commander, like, what if that was me? Hostages and, and the commander. Edward James almost was like, well, then we would never leave. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, I thought yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I love that. I have a kid, so I'm, I'm very susceptible sure. to that, like, parent-child relationship. But uh, I liked that moment. And, yeah. And then when he found out that it was kid, and, and also that you learn that the kid 
is a complete fuck up. He's a fuck up, but he's also not. Because what we find out, like at first it's played like, oh, he was this sort of brash guy. Yeah, he's trying yeah, to make yeah, a name yeah. for himself. Yeah. So maybe he went in a little too. Uh, oh, right. Uh, a little too riskily. He right. didn't call for backup or whatever and got his people killed and himself right. captured. We find out later, and this is what I mean by they get a lot of shit out. Uh, we find out later that fucking Ian McShane set the whole thing up right. in an attempt to sort of position his son to be this hero. Yeah. Uh, and this like symbol of whatever. Yeah, he uh, so he's not to, a fuck up. Yeah, he's trying to. Yeah, his dad was trying to stage some sort of incident where his kid could rise up and right. save the unit or what. Have his, yeah, yeah, yeah. have his kind of heroic moment where he would then ascend to the throne. And yet this this guy David took over and, right. and, and, and kind sort of, of stole the sunlight. Yeah, uh, stole the spotlight. But so that's like one level of the thing of oh man, so like. That's like a big reveal that I would have expected would have happened further into the series. Yeah. Like, if I feel like if it was modern TV, that moment would have happened like six seats, six time. episodes big in. Time. It would have been this huge reveal. Yeah. But it happens like at the end of the pilot. like Or it's, maybe the beginning of the next episode. Yeah, when I think it is a lot that the, the, the whole pilot almost feels like its own movie. It does. It feels in like terms it could of how have, many beats it, it fucking hits. Absolutely. And also, like, so we find that out. But then we find out that, so we see the son, he's this big playboy. Right. He's with all these women. He's right. drinking. He's always partying. And, right. like, he's like, is that why you're forsaking me for this new guy, this David Shepard character? Yeah. And no. And it's what's interesting, I, I almost felt like they rushed it. The king has this moment where he tells him, like, no, you don't think I know what you do after you see these women and your boys? And right. it's like, oh, the son's gay. And he's like, I can't, like, if you were my second son, I wouldn't give a shit. But a first son can't right. because you have to send to be this thing. And you have to give up. He even says, there's an interesting line that I really enjoy where he says, you can't be what God made you if you want to be king. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, I hate homosexuality. It's this unnatural thing. It's just not, it's like a pragmatic thing for the kingdom. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's shitty. But it also shows a line of, like, he's not some crazy religious person that's like, oh, homosexuality is a sin. He's like, no, God made you gay. You just have to tamp that shit down if you want to be king because the people won't accept it. Right. Like, I get it. And I don't have a problem with it. But this is what it is. Like, you live in the ultimate, what the velvet coffin or whatever right, it right, is. Right. That, like, and that kind of got me interested. And I think they could have explored this a little bit more, but issues of sort of you know, royalty. And it got yeah. me wondering, like, what does, like, the fucking British royal family have to go through? Sure. And where it's like, yes, you have this amazing life, you can do all the stuff you want, except, like, kind of on some level, be who you really are. Right. And, yeah, there's a ton of uh, examples of, like, playboy older sons. Yeah, that, like, he's don't... almost plays it like James Franco in fucking Spider-Man. Yes. Like, he plays it very much like... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then later when he starts to become sort of villainous in the next couple of episodes, right. not super villainous yet, but you see him leaning that way. Yeah, but flirting with like getting, and... yeah, it, it it sets up an immediate conflict with, with uh, the David character uh, who has supplanted him as like the hero and kind of the golden boy. And, and there's a lot, also, and I want to talk about David for a minute and why I think he's a terrible actor. He was. I was borderline okay with him, most like through like oh the tank scene's fine. He's saving people, whatever. But then every time he has to express 
anything that isn't just like aw shucks kid in the big city yep. he's <clears throat> so fucking wooden like he yeah. shows up to the city and it's like oh this is it has like a a Katniss showing up at the capital kind of a vibe to yeah. it yeah where yeah he's yeah, like, yeah oh yeah, I've yeah. Never, I, I'm from a farm I've never seen such a lavish whatever and honestly the city is not that impressive it's like <laughs> there's cars like the castle's impressive like when you go to where the king lives right. there's like servants right. and whatever right. but the rest of the city is just like a city like it's not even like new york it's just sort of he he also and and this happens a lot and this is not just a problem with this show but he adjusts too quickly also it's too like no you're a you're a farm rural like yeah uh, country kid yeah he's like his dad taught him how to fix cars and yeah like there's a whole thing where he fixes the reverend's car right you fixed the hose with tape and now like you should be fumbling over shit for at least at least the whole pilot not only does he uh, they keep like like heaping positive attributes on him yeah. to, in a way of like he's your hero you've got to like him so like he has he's virtuous and he yeah. he's yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. he's willing to sacrifice himself to save right. the other soldiers absolutely he always tells the truth he can play expert piano right. for right. some reason right. that's completely unexplained there is not a piano in that farm by the way when he's at the house with his mom I didn't see any goddamn pianos yeah no a, a country kid would like give him a banjo or something or and like a guitar only, yeah give him a guitar and even if he had played piano if he could sit and play piano okay be like, fine, his mom was a music teacher. You could write a line that explains his ability <laughs> right. to kind of play decent piano. Right. He sits down. He is able to recognize a, like, anti- 1800s antique fucking piano on site yeah. and plays right. expert, right. like, right. orchestral piano. Right. Like, cracks his fucking knuckles and just can right. immediately be the best piano player in the world. Yeah, he, he becomes a little too overpowered. It feels like, and it, and it, and to me at that point, I remember the piano scene too, and it started to drift a little bit into like that, like left behind territory yeah. when you're just doing like a religious movie yeah. where it's like, oh, this guy's just like the good it's, one, right? And he has no like uh, faults at all. Yeah, and, and he hasn't yet. Yeah, if there's yeah. one, if I have one big complaint, it's that his character is super one note. Right. Everyone right. else, Ian McShane is super layered. Yeah. Yes, he's bad at times, but right. he's also good. Right. We'll see in the next episode, he really wants peace and right. is willing to do a lot right. for it and give up large parts of his city. Yeah. But he's also willing to murder fucking David Shepard because he thinks he's going to be a threat to his crown. So he has these layers. Uh, uh, the Reverend is like, yeah, he's going to be a voice that speaks sort of uh, little bits of whatever to David Shepard of advice and sort of yeah. leading in places. That character is important, but he's also willing to stand up to Ian McShane. And there's there's right. a lot of stuff going on. Right. Ian McShane, we find out not only uh, spoiler alert, he has a fucking kid, another kid, because he has this mistress, this like a Hispanic mistress who yep. makes him soup, which is just odd. And then he goes <laughs> and he like he goes and sees his son. So he's got all these layers. Yeah. David Shepard doesn't have a single flaw. No. Uh, he always does what's right. Right. Even. When he has to choose, when he's faced with a, like a, a a choice, it's between two rights. Yeah, like in the next episode, he like, do I go home and take care of my mom who yeah. just lost her other son in this battle, right? Or do I stay and fucking help my city? Like he doesn't have to choose 
The most, the most like sort of selfish thing he does is when he's at that banquet that's thrown for him. He goes to the open bar and he says, "I'd like a large glass of something expensive." Right. Which like that's what I do at weddings. Like, yeah, I get it. That was the one moment where I was like, "Oh, I can kind of relate to you." Right. You're a poor kid with an open bar tab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, mostly the options are how good should I be in this situation? Right. And he he has the Jon Snow problem, which is he's always going to do the right thing, and he also but. He has plot armor. Like, you know that King David is going to end up right. fine. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, worried. Yeah. I'm that, never like, worried. I know he's going to be fine. So it... Yeah, there, there's not a lot interesting about You him. can write a character like that where it's like, I know he's going to be okay, but how is he going to be okay? Right. Like, right. you can write that story like, right. how is he going to get out of this right. and I'll still be interested. They don't really do that yet. No. In the second episode, uh, and we can just jump around, the yeah, second yeah, yeah. episode... Uh, he's a little more reckless and like does little, some dumb shit. He does, but not even... Re- All he does is crash that one car to stop the guys <laughs> from leaving. So, so the second episode... Uh, We've uh, okay, so let's finish up the pilot actually because it'll make more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, they're gonna there's gonna be peace. They've called yep. for peace yep. uh, after this thing with the tank. However, uh, his uh, the king's brother-in-law, who is this sort of like money guy, comes right. to him and says, "We have too much. Our company makes weapons. We have too much money to make from this right. war. We're not ready for peace yet. Give it another year. We need to make some more money, and then they can have peace in a year." Right. And he makes sense. Like, fuck you. People are going to die. We have to. We've got an opportunity right. for peace. We have peace. Uh, but he's fucking he's like, we'll just pull all the money out of the fucking treasury, and you'll we'll bankrupt your city. So right. Fuck yourself. Uh, in a battle that's going to happen again, so so Ian McShane offers King uh, offers David Shepard this position that's like a sort of spokesman. He basically makes him fucking Captain America. Yeah, he's going to yeah, go yeah, and yeah. fucking tell right. good news about the right. war effort. Uh, his brother is killed in this battle, and he has this moment where he takes this blanket that's covered in his blood, and he walks out to this to like to the front line in front of everything between the, the warring sides and he has this speech which I actually thought was pretty good see I didn't like I thought again yeah. that was there's like a, there's moments where it was like I thought it was going well and then it kind of went too yeah. much yeah 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 um, there's like a decent there's like a couple lines in there where it's like where he's like I mean it's a little it's like a little Shakespearean in that way he's like take my blood and call it enough exactly. like that yeah. stuff's a bit much yep. also I feel like if this was modern TV and this was the pilot for like a modern prestige yeah. TV show. He he'd have died in that sequence. Like if he was like take oh, one, call me enough, they would have somebody would have shot him, and we would have had the twist of oh he's not the main character we thought he was all along. Especially in a post Game of Thrones universe, oh, for sure, big time post Red Wedding. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and he again causes peace. The, yeah. He gets the other side to fucking come out and meet him in the middle. And, of the and, and I liked the way they ended it with with you saw a guy walking out right. from it's the sort other of side, a pulled back, very shot. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you didn't see anything of what, and you don't need to see anything. Right. You it's, can you can fill that in, and yeah. and I liked that. I liked how they ended it. Um, there, there there was a lot in the in the pilot of. You know, uh, just sort of palace intrigue, and, and yeah, we, yeah. we've set the stage, and we know there's going to be some plotting and scheming, and um, it it told us a lot, and and uh, but I did find myself like wanting more, like oh, this is I don't know, this is interesting. Yeah, I, I'm definitely into it. I'm into the show. I, I I watched it when it was out. I don't remember. All the reveals, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I, I didn't yeah. really remember yeah, yeah, the reveals yeah. so much. And there are a number of reveals in this pilot. So we find out 
the king is behind the son's ambush and kidnapping. Yep. We find out that the king's son is gay. We find yep. out that the king has another son yep. uh, out of wedlock. Yep. Um, we find out that the brother and like the guy who's pulling the strings money wise is his brother in law, so it's the queen's brother. Right. Uh, there's like a lot of reveals. Then at the end, we see. Okay, so the, also we there's a budding romantic relationship between the princess and Dave Shepard, and, and and I thought that sparked one of the the best lines, at least that I remember, of the pilot when he the king uh, King Silas offers right. David basically ask whatever you want of me. Yeah, You've yeah. Done He's this like, great I'm a thing. King. Do yeah. you want money? Do you want what what Power dreams fate. do you want? Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can have half my kingdom if you want. Ba 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 ba. And and uh, David, of course, the good guy, don't want anything, right. da da da. And then he looks over at his daughter, and the king, uh, Silas, goes, Oh, half my kingdom it is. Yeah, and yeah, I thought yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a great line. Absolutely. That was a, and delivered so Ian McShaney. Like, perfect. Yeah, yeah. But, but totally something a dad would say. Uh, and then another fucking example of the guy, of David being too good. So he says in that moment when Ian McShane's offering him half yeah. my kingdom, have whatever you want, he says, they've already given me a reward that I'll never be able to spend. Like, they gave him a bunch of money for saving the guy or whatever. Oh, right, right. We then, it is then revealed that he spent all of that money sending uh, beer and video games to his old <laughs> unit. <laughs> right. Which is fucking dumb. Like, <laughs> sure, send them some... All right, if it's a reward that you'll never be able to spend, we're supposed to imply it's a lot of money. Yeah, millions of dollars. And then literally the line, yeah. even if it's a million, even if it's 200000 Sure. You spent that on beer and video games for a 12-man unit? I bought a lot of beer and video a games. Lot. That's Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That you wouldn't blow through that it's much. It's such a ridiculous moment. But, a and PlayStation again, another, 4 and some games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And some yeah. games for the yeah, boys. It's like it's a couple gonna, grand. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it just, it's another, mo- it's a moment of like, the guy could have said like, Oh, he set himself up in a nice apartment in the city and still sent some fucking beer and video games. Or right. sent some money home to his mom right. who's like mom got this new farm farmhouse. That yeah. he's not gonna be home to work the farm yeah. anymore. Right. Anything. That moment I like really kinda bothered me. There's a couple little characters that i that are introduced in the pilot that I enjoy. Uh the two guards. There's like the two kind of right. the dumb, comedy relief. The comedy right. relief who I feel like are going Particularly after what happens in the next episode, which yeah, we'll talk about. I know what you're talking so, about. Yeah. They are in it more, and I feel like they're going to, like, I think they're going to become that comic relief that becomes important. Yeah. They're going to be like the Hurley on Lost. You know what yes. I mean? Where, like, yes. oh, they're comic relief, but then they actually end up serving a really important purpose. Or, or Jesse's buddies in Breaking Bad. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Where they're maybe, maybe not going to be important characters, but important to the plot. Right, right. They can be, they can figure into the plot, but also kind of be fan service as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Absolutely. Know, if, if... Uh, so, I like them very much. Um, there's a weird moment with David, too, where he can't even, like, so the brother's dying, and the brother says something to. He's like, "There's a moment in early in the episode where he knows that the tanks are going to shoot, yeah, uh, before anybody else does." And the brother's finally like, "Oh, can you just like tell me how you knew the tanks were going to yeah. shoot? I don't yeah, want to yeah, die yeah. without knowing." And it's really nothing special. He just like, "Oh, they the the other soldiers on the other side cook their 
engines, cook their fucking MREs yeah, on the tank's the exhaust engines, or whatever yeah. on the engings, and they rev them to blow the fucking cartridges, cartons out before they're going to fire, so there's like a noise or whatever. Yeah. But then he tells, he's like, you're the guy that stood up to the tank, you can do the right, like, you can inspire people. Yeah. And he says, I didn't stand up to the tank. And we'll, we we get a kind of different shot of the moment, because there's a fame, there's this image that we keep seeing of him standing up in front of this right. tank, sort of looks like he's got a gun in his hand, and he's just going to take this tank on, right. head on, and then like the grenade he threw goes off and he's able to fucking get away from this he takes down his tank he's able to get away uh we see in this moment he's like he's like you don't understand i was surrendering i dropped my gun they had me i that's still super heroic you traded yourself for someone else's life yeah like his whole thing is like he that happens he's he helps this the uh king's son escape he doesn't know it's the king's son at the time his face is all bandaged up right he helps him escape, and he goes, I'll distract him. You guys, you get this guy back to safety. So it's almost more heroic that he was willing to trade, trade his own his life. life for another's, for his fellow soldiers. Like, so, so he's like, you don't understand. I'm not heroic. I didn't stand up to them. I surrendered. Yeah. Whatever. You still traded. Like, you're, they were, they were going to shoot you. You're standing in front of a tank. <laughs> it all, it, to me, it felt like a bit of a retcon because yeah. I remember that scene. No, you threw a grenade at the fucking yeah, tank. Yeah, that's 100% like, back, too. You, a grenade <laughs> that he glued to a wrench for some reason? Right. You I were, don't understand. You were going Antifa on that fucking <laughs> tank. And, and, and now it's like, oh no, I was really, yeah, I agree, still heroic, but yeah, I was. Oh no, I wasn't really. I was, I was surrendering, and then yeah, the brother has the, yeah, and that's when the brother dies. He's like, you have to. Well, line. now you can do the brave thing, and that's do when it he now. goes, and that's when he goes and yeah. with the blood and take mine. Yeah. And that'll be enough or whatever. There's another, uh, there's another weird ongoing story through the episode where the queen has lost her cell phone, and where's the <laughs> cell phone going to turn up? Uh, what information is in the cell phone? Blah blah blah. Yeah, and then at the end when she's talking to the press because they're setting up for this big announcement of the peace accords. Yeah. Uh, her like her sort of secretary of staff, this black lady who's like kind of in charge of the castle, it seems like, sort of organizing schedules and stuff, comes out. She's like, "Oh, we found it. Uh, it was in the back seat of uh, your of Jack, your son, of the prince's car, along with this, and it's like this hot pink bra." That I guess we were supposed to know is the other is her secretary's bra. Yeah, and the secretary like gets like all embarrassed and runs away, and she's like, "Oh, I lose more." I lose more secretaries like that, and then she turns like the she turns to the reporter who she's been talking to, and the reporters like, "Is this all on the record or off the record?" And she goes, "Well, I owe you one. Just try to make him seem rakish or whatever." Yeah, which is an interesting little <clears throat> thing of when Ian McShane tells the son he knows he's gay, he's like, "If the report, if those pictures didn't come to me first, he's like, there's pictures of you making out with these dudes all the time. If they didn't come to me first, this would be all over the news, but right. I cover for you." Right. This is an interesting moment where. The queen covering for him as well. The right. queen set that whole thing Absolutely. up so yeah. that it would get into the paper another yep. example of her son being yep. this fucking playboy. Yep. So the queen, who's been played this whole time of, I don't like to get involved in politics. She says right. it like a hundred times. Right. We're supposed to buy that she's just like, oh, I stand by my wife. She's more involved than she is. So like, that's a nice little reveal of like, yeah. a character. Yeah, she's sort of what I pictured like Barbara Bush to be, of sort of this like <laughs> lioness of, like, I don't get involved publicly but I'm gonna like 
do what do what I need to yeah, do for yeah, my family. My kind family. of behind the scene, exercise some soft power and like run the staff. And yeah, all yeah. This. yeah. Uh, and the last scene we see is David Shepard. He's in this field. It's a beautiful sunny day. Yeah, and then he sees these butterflies. He's like, "Oh, the butterflies!" And then they land on his head like a crown. As they, as the story that Ian McShane had told, Ian yeah. McShane seeing this happen, yeah. and then he turns to fucking his to West Studi, by the way. Uh, who plays his like fucking soldier like muscle guy? Oh, right. West Duty's the sh- like old time fucking actor again. He's in Heat. Is that the old, in, of, that the old Indian? That the old Indian guy? Yeah, yeah, he's in, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. In Heat and yeah. fucking a ton of sure. shit. Deep Rising. He's been around forever. Uh, and basically, he's like, "Well, oh, you're right. We're gonna have to kill him." And then fucking, they kind of end on that moment, which is good. Yeah. And what did you think of the 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 butterfly scene? Because I felt like that was a tricky scene. Because you have butterflies landing on. Well, the I feel like head. those are. I would have thought it was trickier than. One, I was like, oh, it could just be uh, CGI. I don't know that it is because I, have you ever been to like a butterfly sanctuary? No, they'll just fucking land on you. <laughs> like, and I feel like if you just put some fucking, I don't know, nectar, nectar on that guy's right, hair or whatever, right. the butterflies will go to it. Right. Um, I thought it was an effective scene. Yeah. It definitely brings more of the religious thing into it. Where yes. okay, this is a world. Where we are to believe that God exists for right. certain, right. because this is a symbol of God choosing right. David Shepard to be the next king, because he has lost faith in the Indian like. Machine. Even though this is modern, this is still like an Old Testament world of yeah. like symbols and God directly acting in 100%. the affairs of men, and even more so into the next episode. Ian yes. McShane, and we'll just jump into it. Yeah, Ian McShane says like, "Here's how I govern. I look for the signs in my life that God has given me." Right. And I act based on them, right. and that's what David Shepard starts to do. In this third episode, uh, I think we get even more of the sort of point of how much the religious aspect of this show is going to take over. It opens with a weird thing that I don't one hundred percent understand. So okay. the first image we see is Ian McShane, and it's, he's standing in the rain, yeah. and there's like crows flying, yeah. and he looks at the up at the sky, and he goes, "Don't go!" He screams, "Don't go!" Mm-hmm. And then we see uh, David Shepard in bed, and he see he's like laying in bed. And he kind of wakes up and he sees his brother's face. Yeah. His brother says, "Don't go." Yep. And then he wakes up again. Now, is that all David Shepard's dream? I I get that the seeing a dead brother saying "Don't go" is the is David Shepard's dream. Right. But are we to to understand that the scene with E. McShane actually happened? Because I don't understand, and I'm not sure. And I, if it did, are we to believe? That he is somehow psychically linked to David Shepard, right? Because they're I, both having this don't go moment. Yeah, I took it as I, I don't know. I don't read too much into dream sequence, and sure. I don't like dream sequences dating back to The Sopranos. <laughs> For I sure, feel like David Chase over For sh- Oh fucking Jesus! Every yeah. but, but I I took the first part as that. Uh, Ian McShane, uh, King Silas, took it to mean like God had forsaken him, and he yeah. was yelling at God to not leave him. Right, so and God's that's what I kind of passed on to David. That's what I took it, it as well. Yeah. I just wasn't sure if it was a scene we were to believe happened in the world of Shiloh and not a dream. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It was just weird. Um, yeah, I couldn't quite I put know. my finger on it, and I that's fine. I can right. take a little weirdness on my TV. I like Twin Peaks. <laughs> right, that's fine by me. Um, there's a, so it's the morning, the morning of the big peace accords. The the other uh, the uh, envoy from the rival city state yeah. 
uh, is coming, and they're going to either sign the peace accords or not. And I liked this part. I felt like this is when it got going. Yeah, yeah when absolutely. It, when it the, the you have the yeah the rival the rival uh, patriarch sure. head of yeah, state yeah. come in and absolutely. And I like uh, all while this is happening. So like this is going on. They need the you know. Um, they show up and the envoy from the other side, the other general or king or whatever yeah. the fuck he is, says, like, where's David Shepard, the hero yeah. of fucking Gilboa? Yep. I want to, like, he should be here, should he not? Uh, he was staying to take care of his mom. His mom had come to the city to, like, get take care of the death benefits for his... <laughs> to visit the VA. Yeah, it's pretty much. Real. That's exactly <laughs> it. And I love that even in his fucking Shiloh, it, the, the VA works for shit. Like, she's got to wait nine hours to get this check or whatever, and it doesn't come. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the king's daughter has to get involved to help her get the check right. and shit. Yeah, it's right. like that There's works still for me. a bureaucracy. Yeah, yeah and, that's, and that's also kind of a thing I like in this world where, yes, it's an alternate world, but it's not really an alternate reality. You know what I mean? It, it, and, like, it's an alternate reality. It's nations that don't exist, but it's, it's firmly planted in, other than the God stuff, yeah. a, a universe that we are also kind of exist. Like, there's bureaucracies and right. there's, there's fucking there, backstabbing and absolutely. corporations actually own your government and like all yeah, this Yeah, there's still real world problems. And yeah. I, I like that about all kind of, I, I don't know if this is in the sci-fi fantasy genre, but kind of, but whenever they kind of zoom in on... Uh, uh, yeah, people just mad at their bosses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. or some sort of well, this while, has, while aliens are attacking. This very much has game. This has a very Game of Thrones yes, thing going on. Absolutely. It's palace intrigue yeah, and yeah. who can you trust and backstabbing and conspiracies. Mm-hmm. There's just not also dragons. You know what I mean? There instead of dragons and White Walkers, there's God. Yeah, it's it's yeah, absolutely. It's it's. I think their their hook and in their mind, it's that boy, this fucking biblical. Tie-in is going to hook in the viewers. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. People love anything. It's the Bible, <laughs> and and I it does. Right, there's there's palace intrigue. A few less levels than Game of Thrones. Sure. Well, there's less palaces. Right. Yeah, there's not 19 true. different groups all fighting each other. There's yeah. like three. They don't go right. They don't go full fantasy where there's like 200 characters you have to meet. Right, right. And, and I like that, and they keep it. Pretty simple. The the thing I liked a, a lot about this is that there's the visit, but but how they set the visit up and and how the queen kind of preps the staff and she gives them that pep talk of nope the details matter. Like, yeah, you yeah, need yeah. To have- I like that moment very much where she's yeah. basic. She's like. Uh, you know, uh, uh, lives hang in the balance of the seating chart. Essentially, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like that. You know, like, and that is very much a ridiculous thing that is very real. Yeah, you and, know what I mean. And, like, and you can also even if even if it's not real in her world, it's in her world, it's real for sure. Absolutely. And there's a great moment where so they have their meal, and uh, you know, they sit down, they have the meal. There's like. A back and forth uh, between the head of yeah. the other state and yeah. David Shepard. Right. And David Shepard does that sort of all shucksian, but like, you know, I was told not to say anything, so I don't screw anything up because this is too important. So yeah. I'm just going to drink my wine and try yeah. to use the right fork or whatever. Yeah. But then as soon as, like, he's like, all right, let's get to it. And those people come in like a fucking army. Right. And they like pick up everything Perfect. and move the chairs yeah. and tables mm-hmm. all uniform. And, yeah. uh, and Ian McShane says, uh, my wife commands an army that we would fear to face you, uh, allied. But it's like right. another, another great line. Great line, and yeah. another mo- one of those like sort of uh, Shakespearean elevated dialogue moments. 
uh, that like Ian McShane delivers very well. But then also the guy from Breaking Bad, who was also he was the head of the mob on Oz for a while yep. until he was uh, injected with AIDS. Oz is a weird <laughs> show. I I don't know if you ever watched Oz, but that's not show, an Oz guy. Ooh, it was good. For yeah. like a couple seasons, yeah, and it went for like six. Like uh, it was real yeah. good, and then it got fucking real weird. Yeah. At one point, at one like it was just a, it was a, it was a prison show, right? And then it de- and it was like yeah, there was a little bit of like you know it's it's drama, so more shits happening. It's not like a documentary, but it's, it's a show about people in prison. At one point, they the, a company says we can uh, we have a drug that will age you. And we're experimenting on a program where you take the drug and that's how many years you serve. So if you take the drug, it'll age you 20 years in like a week and then you get out of jail. Like, it's so fucking dumb. Anyway, we'll talk about Oz another time. Um, Well, you you sold me. (laughs) I can't tell if that guy... Uh, the guy from Breaking Bad yeah. kind of has a little bit of a faux British lilt going on because it kind of comes and goes. The the, the the accents are a weird thing. And and also, I wanted to talk about that because sure. uh, David, if he's a country guy, mm. if he's, he has no accent no. at all. Nothing. Nothing. He yeah. has a... He has a that Just that sort of very flat, like, Midwestern... I don't know. It, it, I wanted... I wanted more acting out of him. Sure, but you like can't, you you're said. not going to get it because he's not a good actor. <laughs> like, no, he's he's a he's a handsome B level sure. leading man, which Absolutely. is what they found. And I feel like what they wanted was a guy that was inoffensive. And yeah. when you get inoffensive, you don't necessarily get a good actor. You get a milk toast guy that like people right. can project whatever they want right. onto. Right. He's I a blank canvas. I don't think they wanted somebody too attractive. Sure. Like yeah. a, a, a 90210 cast. I feel like this guy like, could have been Ryan Filippi if this was made now and Ryan Filippi had fallen off from where he was at the time when this was big made. Big time. Big time. Like, like Ryan he's, like right now he's on now him. he's on Shooter, <laughs> yeah. which is like less good than this show was. Yes. yes. But at the time, I don't think they could have gotten him. Or like a Hayden Christensen. You know what I mean? No, like, they broke the bank on Ian McShane. Oh, clearly. Yeah, like he blew their salary But cap. then we find out out of nowhere in this season, in this episode, fucking Brian Cox is oh, on yeah, this show. Right. What the fuck? <laughs> right. Brian Cox is a tremendous actor. And Another they fucking locked actor his ass in love. a dungeon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which I thought was actually a really interesting review. Me too, yeah. So the peace talks go south, and it's kind of evident that the so uh, the other generals like second in command yeah. is doesn't want this piece, right. uh, and he's he's just kind of throwing up roadblocks that don't really exist. <laughs> and then David kind of does a like rude thing where he grabs the head general and like, "Oh, you can't leave. We have to get this piece or whatever." Yeah. And there's like a kerfuffle. Um, at which point, which I actually really enjoyed. Uh, so the, the brother-in-law, the king's brother-in-law, the money guy, the head of the fucking, yeah. essentially the head of the... Uh, the Iron the, Bank. The guy from... Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's, it's the, he's the head of the military-industrial complex. Right. Uh, right. Right. Tells him... The uh, Steve Munchkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he has a spy who's like uh, in the king's court that tells him what's going on. He's like, the guy, this is basically the worst day the king's ever had. And then he says, okay, pull all the gold from the fucking treasury. Let's see if we can make this day worse. Right. Let's he's gonna, turn up the heat. He's yeah. going to bankrupt this fucking yeah. city because he wants this war because he's making money off it. Uh, which is when we see Ian McShane. He's like, he says something like, get, uh, get a car, a small envoy. And they say, oh, where are you going? So we're going to hell. And then he goes to this fucking dungeon 
where uh, Brian Cox is like translating old texts for some reason. Yeah. He's, we find out he's been there for 30 fucking years, yeah. which is a long goddamn time to be perfectly sane. Like, he's been in solitary confinement in a windowless room for 30 years. I, I don't think there's any way you could, like, yeah, hold a No, you'd be broken. That breaks Yeah, people. absolutely. Oh, five years. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I don't know how, uh, uh, yeah, any, anyone can just, like, hold out that, that long. He's... He's very conversant. He sounds like somebody. His acting in that is like, and I love Brian Cox. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, we should say he's a, a former he's a rival, former to King rival Silas, of who, kings, but also was a king. He was right. King Costas Aberdeen or some shit, uh, right? A bloodthirsty, yeah. like murderous. He, what's crazy is Ian McShane says like maybe it's like maybe you shouldn't have killed so many fucking people and pe- like his, he said uh, Brian Cox is something to the effect of like. Uh, if people knew I was still alive, they'd revolt yeah. or something to that effect. Because yeah, yeah. apparently everyone's supposed to believe he's dead, but right. he's just been kept in this, in this dungeon <laughs> instead. Uh, and Ian McShane says, well, maybe people would have given a shit if you didn't kill so many of them. Uh, they've forgotten about you. Uh, but there's a great moment where... So we basically we find out that he has got all this gold set aside. Yeah. When he was when he was ousted from the throne, he hid all this, this gold and all this money. Right. They've never been able to find it. And Ian McShane wants it so he can fucking fill the coffers that were taken by the brother-in-law. And he says, uh, and he's like, I could kill you. And Brian Cox says, well, you'll, you'll never kill me because I'm the only person who, doesn't, who tells you the truth. And yeah. I was like, oh, it's real. Because I legitimately believe it's the only reason Ian McShane's been keeping alive in that dungeon. Yeah. Because why yeah. else? What, what, to what end? Why are you keeping him alive for 30 years and pretending he's dead? It doesn't mean anything. I think he literally... We're kind of led to believe that he kind of makes these visits occasionally. Where, like, he'll go and talk to this guy. It's kind of like you're the only other person who knows this shit. Knows what what it is to be king, yeah. Yeah, I don't have many colleagues in the monarch business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's also a great moment, too, when he walks in and he's like... Brian Cox says, uh, you know, I told you... uh, uh, yeah, once you're king, you'll never get a night's rest. Yeah. And Ian McShane's like, it's daytime. <laughs> because they were just like, oh, Brian Cox has no idea. 30 years in a fucking windowless yeah. room, he has no idea what fuck if it's day yeah. or night. It was just interesting. Are you are you a prison person at all? Like, I'm fascinated with oh, prison. Oh, fuck yeah. One, hey. I'll watch any movie that's set in prison. Me too. Yeah. I won't so much watch, like, uh, like... Inside lockup or whatever on NBC and MSNBC because no. it's too real. Like yeah. those are human beings, and I feel like most of them are just there for like weed. And they and also, it's just yeah, I feel like they get the craziest guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's heartbreaking. Yeah. but like a good prison movie. Oh, uh, fuck yeah. yeah! Oh, I watch a YouTube channel called Fresh Out, where it's just a guy who did ten Ooh, years in the feds, and Jesus. he's out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his yeah, name yeah. is Big Herc, but he just <laughs> tilt people just write right in and, and he tells like, like jail stories. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. yeah. and he, but I'll he, see that. I'll watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fine. I'll send you the link. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'll watch that. And and something about being confined like that is like I would never want to do it because it's terrifying, but it's also fascinating. Oh yeah. Like how would you hold up? I wouldn't. That's how I would hold up. (laughs) I would be immediately raped. I no. I'm a big doughy nothing. Like. Also, I don't. Have, I'm like not a gang dude. I just like right. and, and everything. You know, you got to pick a side. And I'm like, I don't know what side. I'm not picking. Like, right. uh, no, I'm just there. I'm, all sides are gonna kick the shit out of me. Right. You got to get with- walking around jail with no shoes because they've. Some big dude was like, I like them sneakers now. I got yeah. fucking barefoot. It's so different from modern society. To me, it's like going back to junior high gym class <laughs> or something where it's just yeah with yeah. more rape. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so all right. So there's weird shit going on in this episode between the Brian Cox stuff, which I thought was actually a really interesting reveal. I really enjoyed him. Yeah. I'm, I yeah. hope he comes up more. Uh, I feel like he will. Um, he's such a. I don't know why he's such a good actor. I mean, because he's done it forever. That's sure. why. Yeah, but yeah. like, there's just the way he does it is like. It doesn't seem effortless, but for him it seems sure. effortless. For I don't sure. like it like like good comics. I don't know. It's... No, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um there's a th- so this is all going on um David Sh- uh Shepherd is thinking he's going to go back. He's like I fucked this up. I shouldn't right. be here anymore. Right. He's going to go back home with his mom and right. just go back, back to, to the, the farm. farm. Yeah. Meanwhile, it should be stated that the beginning of this episode uh Ian McShane tells West Studi uh, the second the piece of court is signed, I want him. I want David Shepard yeah. where he stands. Yes, because he saw the fucking crown land on him. The crown of I butterflies. I want him dead. I want you to shoot him. He's like, I want him dead where he sta- wherever he yeah. stands. He dies. He says. Uh, and and West Studio's like fine at first, and then later he's like, you know, the kid's doing pretty good. Maybe we think about we call him that order. He's like, no, nope, yeah. I want him fucking dead. Yeah. Um. There's a weird thing that happens, and I don't quite understand it. Where the uh, Ian McShane goes to her daughter and is sent and says like because he he knows that they're kind of have this thing right. going they've on. Made, they've kissed. At they've this kissed point. and they're, but they're also clearly like oh we're gonna hang like there's there's a, a budding relationship. Yeah. He tells her like do I have to remind you of your vow? And I was like what vow? And she he says like I this brings me no joy. I love his he's so fucking good. Even lines that feel like they'd be corny or like yeah. by him are great, where he's like, I love you so much, it's embarrassing to both of us. I'm like, oh, right. he's just good. I, I didn't know what that meant. And, and for a second, yeah, I thought. Yeah, it doesn't mean like, much, but it still sounds really good coming out of his mouth. I know. I was like, is this like back when royals like had to consummate their marriage and like people had to watch? Or something like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't. But they left it vague. Sure, but he says something to the effect of like. I you made me promise that if I ever saw you forgetting your vow, I would remind you right. so you wouldn't and break here it. I am. And he, so here I am, and that leads her to start sort of ignoring him. Right. So what the fuck is this vow? Is she pledged to another guy? Is there some other like, yeah. whatever? Yeah. Whatever it is, I'm curious. Like it's a nice little tease of something that I'm curious about. Yeah, yeah. as is when the queen goes to the brother-in-law to try to settle fucking this. Feud yes. between him and Ian McShane. Yes. She said, "She's like, you're both fucking acting like children. Right. Let's grow up." Uh, and he's like, "Well, why should I fucking? Why should I? I got all the money. Yeah. I got all the strength." And she she says, "Like, you seem so lonely. Um, when we vanquished Andrew, we had good reason, but we could see a way to bring him back to the court. It would be good for you to have your son around." Now, what the fuck did the son do? Who right. is the son? Right. In my head, I'm like, ooh, is the princess pledged to the son? Is oh, that what the vow is? Like, go. there's a lot yeah. of little little stuff that yeah. could be going on that I think yeah. is, like, could be interesting. Yeah, and it's and they don't do a lot of this in the pilot, but in in this episode, they hold some stuff back. Yeah, and they yeah, they yeah. get you thinking about okay, there's there's more here we don't know as opposed to just. Telling us a bunch of stuff. Absolutely. Um, he, uh, the, David Shepard. What do you think of the Queen? I think she does a good job. I think she's it. good as an actress. Yeah. I enjoy her. And I think as the show progresses, we're going to see 
her half her hand in more pies. Yeah. The whole thing in the pilot, she kept saying, I don't like getting involved in politics. I don't like getting involved in politics. But then here she is settling this beef between the brother-in-law and right. the king, right. covering for the son. I think she's going to turn out to be more important than we're led to believe right now. Absolutely. It, it feels and like less, her life is politics. Absolutely. Yeah. And also I think we're sort of led to believe there's a lot of shit going on that she doesn't know about. Yeah. Like the fucking mistress and the kid and whatever. And I yeah. think we're going to find out she knows more than fucking people think right. she knows. Right. Um, David Shepard is driving and he sees, he's like looking at the TV and the, the, the other side's leaving. They're not going to sign the peace accords because he fucked up. And he sees a kid holding up this sign that says, don't go. Yeah. And that's a flashback to the dream from the beginning. So he goes back and in a real fucking... St- okay. He drives his car in front of the opposing general's motorcade, <laughs> causing a massive accident. He's not even his car, by the way. He steals a cab that he's in the back of. Yeah. Uh, and drives the cab in front of this motorcade, slammed into by a Humvee, almost shot. You could have, like... Just gotta block up and just block the street. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to just drive into a fucking oncoming traffic. Right, you don't have to get T-boned by yeah. a Humvee, which, which, like, a cab is not gonna stand not, up No, to, like, those things are designed to plow ma- through things. Yeah, yeah. major injuries. Uh, he gets out, there's a bit of a scuffle with fucking Miguel Ferrer, who what's crazy is, Miguel Ferrer's, like, a good actor, yeah. been around a long time, has, like, Five lines in this whole fucking episode. Yeah, he's important. Like his character is important, and he like kind of expresses a lot of stuff. But at the end of the day, he's not like it seems like that could have been anybody. No, he's that snarly like the Dane from Miller's Cross. Yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, like, yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah. you. I'm not. No, I don't. I'm not down with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, it didn't. <sighs> We find basically what happens is the king Ian McShane pulls the other king aside. Yeah. And he's like, "I see your generals yeah. don't want you to sign this peace accord." And he's like, "Yeah, they were embarrassed when your guy fucking stopped one of our tanks. Our, our whole city is based, our whole economy and infrastructure is based on our military." Right. Um, uh, he said, "You know what? Are, what? What is the real price? What is it going to take for you to convince your generals to give us peace?" And he says, "You know, they want Shiloh. They want this yeah. dream that you've promised them, this prosperity that you've promised them." I, odd choice of words for that point. Uh, there's a big port where David Shepard's from. It's called the. They call it the Port of Prosperity. We find out the other side calls it the Port of Sorrow. Right. Clear. Uh, what we find out is that it was stolen. Not stolen, but they basically conquered that port and yeah. took it from the other." Evil, not the evil side, but the other side. That's another thing. I just said evil, but I think it's interesting to show that neither side is necessarily portrayed good or evil. Yeah, that that one general's a bit bloodthirsty. Miguel Ferrer, he's like, it's not going to be over until everyone you know is dead or whatever. But that's not necessarily the sentiment of the other side. They just want some fucking prosperity the way they see Shiloh has. To to me, it feels like, and, and also I think about this time. It feels like the writer is definitely trying to like fantasy book the Iraq war <laughs> a little or, bit or like the Afghanistan like a little bit or yeah. it's, it's definitely commenting on this sort of like ongoing limitless war that's, sure. that's just which has clearly been going on forever David Shepard's father died Absolutely. in the battle of yep. this port of prosperity is what yep. it's called Ian McShane says, well, tell you what, if you give us six months of active proof proving to us that you want a long piece, we will turn over the Port of Prosperity back to you, and you can build your own Shiloh. And that's what convinces them to have peace. And it is what can... It was an interesting, I thought an interesting turn, is Ian McShane's still down to have fucking David Shepard killed. Sure. Until he shows up, David Shepard shows up and says to him, like, I... 
I believe in you. Like, I, yes, I see the signs the way you told me to see the signs. So what I interpret is that they are telling me I should serve you. Right. Because you are this great king. He was very impressed that he had, like, made all these concessions. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Which I thought was an interesting turn, and I enjoyed it, and... I was like, it's a good reason why Ian McShane would suddenly choose not to have him killed. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not absolutely. some bullshit yeah. ass. Oh, like let it go. Whatever he he drove his car in front of that thing. That's good enough for us or whatever. No, it's like a reasonable thing to convince to convince me as an audience member why I should believe Ian McShane wouldn't kill him. Yeah, it, it didn't. Uh, he didn't give some uh, the David character didn't give some big speech at yeah. a banquet or something yeah, to yeah, like yeah, yeah. turn it around oh that monologue just, no he just went to him and was convincingly like pledged his loyalty yeah. to the king which is the reason why a king might choose not to kill you yeah and 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 to me and and if I had seen this back in 2009 I think I would I would have I would have been on board yeah. I think so like yeah I'll give this I'll, I'll give Yeah no I'm actually this. watching it right now I'm still like oh I'm into this I'm yeah. curious I yeah, want to yeah, see yeah, where yeah. it goes <clears throat> This is the one last bit of this episode we haven't mentioned at all our two palace guards that yes. we enjoyed from the previous episode have been tasked with getting rid of some birds right. There's a bunch of birds that are hanging out on this awning they shit on the king's fucking coffee cup uh, so they got to get rid of these birds. They have no luck getting rid of these birds. Uh, we see Ian McShane tell West Studi, "Hey, uh, you know what? Call off the order to kill David Shepard. He's on our side. Uh, some people make me a better king." It's just well delivered dialogue. Uh, West Studi makes the call. What? What do you mean? Well, get the message through. Uh, it turns out their operative has gone fucking radio silent, so they can't get the order to him to call off the shot. Right. Uh, he see like he sends his mom off in the cab. Uh, you see the sniper, he's waiting for a shot, and we see fucking uh, the two guys there trying to get rid of the birds. One of them comes out with a fucking grenade, and the guy goes, is that a grenade? He goes, no bird tells me what to do, which I fucking really laughed. I like, I, there's not a lot of, that's one thing. The show is almost entirely devoid of humor. Oh, there's like not really like nothing's played for a joke except these kind of two characters are a little bit that. Ninety nine percent of the show is dead fucking serious. Yeah, Yeah, and then he comes in with a a fucking grenade, and I'm like, you're gonna do damage to the building. Yeah, and he throws a grenade, so they're kind of in this little window. All these birds, yeah, and he just throws a fucking grenade in there, uh, and it. What I fucking laugh at is it doesn't kill the birds. It right. just makes them fly away. <laughs> like, it doesn't blow up the birds. Well, and again, and, and, well, and as a part of that, so the birds fly up. They block the sniper. That, right, the birds. David doesn't get shot. But then he looks down to see a bird lying dead that I yeah, guess the sniper, the sniper shot. must have shot the bird. I'm pretty right. sure a sniper's bullet would have blown, blown that fucking that bird. bird. You ever see the fucking baseball player who hit that bird? There's like a pitcher who accidentally hits a bird. Yeah. It fucking explodes. It's like goddamn baseball. It's right. like fucking sniper's bullet. A round from a sniper's yeah. rifle is going to explode a pigeon. No, that bird is just like kind of laying there like, eh, I'm sad now. Uh, but what's funny, I literally wrote uh, at one point, uh, I really thought, I, like the last two notes I have are, I really thought that bird thing was going to come up again. And then, oh, here we go. Like, <laughs> last two notes. Um, yeah, they leave that obviously hanging yeah. for it to pay off at the end. I am into this show. I am uh, curious to see where it goes. Again, I don't really remember much else of it. No, I, I, I don't either, but I... 
I want to see how it plays out. Yeah. And, and, and um, it, it feels like they poured more money, as you said earlier, into it than it probably probably panned out for oh, them. Oh, clearly. No, this made it 13 episodes and done. I feel like people did not watch it. Yeah. But I feel like also maybe people didn't watch it because it's kind of quiet. It's not... I mean, there's a lot of war... There's, when I say there's a lot of war stuff, there's three war scenes in the first two-hour pilot. And there's the, not a lot of action. There's not a lot of whatever. No. It's a very sort of dialogue-based, kind of quiet show Big that time. I don't think in an era that was heroes and no. lost and whatever yeah. Yeah. was going to stand up to that kind of competition. No, there's not a lot of, like, real violence even. No. Um, there was that once that in this episode, just the sniper, and, and uh, Dan Shepard Ma- punches that guy. Yeah, Miguel that's Ferrara. Yeah, 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 that's it. But they don't... Yeah, no, there's not there's not a lot of and I don't know if that was a, a financial decision or anything. And honestly, like when I think about it, it feels a little Downton Abbey esque mm-hmm. mm-hmm. in terms of that you you have this sort of established family and here's this new young person kind of coming yeah. up that we have to you know, who who's kind of the new golden person. It it's not it it's kind of hard to put a it's hard to put a finger on what this show really is. Sure. Even now that I watch it, it's like, well, it's kind of like this mixed with this. Yeah. And I don't. I think that's probably why it didn't it was, work. It was a hard sell for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week. What do you got to plug, Brian Gar? Nothing. You well, you're at Brian Gar on Twitter, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, that's like you got like how many followers now? Like a uh, lot. Ninety-two thousand. That's a lot yeah. of goddamn followers. Yeah. Every time I tweet something political, I use, I lose a few hundred. Sure, that's fine. But like, fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then and like, and you want to plug at Rooster Teeth? Or? Um, you can watch. Uh, I write a show called The No, and it's all about video games. So if uh, if you're into gaming, check out The No on YouTube, and that's my show. Sweet. Uh, I am leaving here in like five minutes to go do this thing, which will already have happened when this comes out. Uh, I'll be at Cap City in uh, the beginning of October, featuring for Tony Hinchcliffe. I think it's October 4th, that weekend, something like that. So that'll be fun. Um, I'm around. I'm doing shit. Uh, uh, I'll be in Kansas City in the middle of October. So come out to keep your eye open for those shows. If you like the show, rate, review, subscribe, please. Go to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Leave a review, actually. That helps us move up. Uh, Tell your friends. That helps us as well. And we will see you next week.